Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It's Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Josh Crash Davis. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We are here to break down this three-game NFL Thanksgiving slate, the full slate, and really fired up about it here. Nothing like football and Thanksgiving. Josh, what are your plans for the big day? We are going to be going up to my wife's house on Thursday and then um, or her family, you know, her family's house on Thursday. And then we're actually going to be going back there on Friday. So we're going to be doubling it up this weekend. So Beautiful. Yeah, we're going to do the same. Go to my wife's family's house and uh, catch all the games. Looking forward to it. And uh, we're feeling good here at DFS Coach Talk in terms of football. We had a great Monday night with Tampa and the Giants. Josh and I actually ended up on the same hybrid lineup. So that made our, our members happy. We had the Brady to Godwin and Gronk with Fournette and then bringing it back on the other side was Kadarius Tony. So let's see if we can build some more winners here on this slate, Josh, starting with Chicago and Detroit. And the interesting thing here about the slate is all six teams lost on Sunday. So we'll see how it uh, shapes up here mm -hmm. uh, on, on this slate. Uh, and then each team who was on the road on Sunday is at home and vice versa. So pretty balanced here. You know, even though everybody's dealing with the short turnaround, they've all had to travel a little bit. And let's start with Chicago here heading to Detroit for that first kickoff at 1230 Eastern. And some moving parts here with the Bears as Justin Fields is out. Andy Dalton is in, and Matt Nagy is on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. Bears have lost five in a row. You know, they've had some pretty tough competition in that time frame. Green Bay, Tampa Bay just lost to Baltimore. Really should have won that game, but lost it in the last two minutes. So Andy Dalton takes over, and I thought he looked solid uh, taking over for uh, Fields last week. You know, the thing with Dalton is that he's never had success on these nationally televised games. Mm, yeah. But it's a pretty good matchup here against Detroit 0-9-1. And, and uh, they, these teams played in week four. Chicago won 24-14. The story of that game was the ground game. David Montgomery, over 100 yards, two rushing scores. And Detroit has been terrible against the run lately. Mm -hmm. Philly had four, The Philly running backs had four rushing touchdowns against them. Najee Harris went for over 100. Chubb just went for 130. So I like Montgomery here again at 6,000 on DraftKings on the main slate. He's my favorite play probably on, on the Bears side. Interesting that uh, on Sunday, he got really all the touches. Khalil Herbert only had one carry. Mm, yeah. And then Damien Williams was out. He's questionable again with calf and, and knee issues. So Montgomery is is the the primary target here for me, but I also wouldn't mind a little exposure to this passing game. Uh, the Bears wide receivers did well against Detroit in the first matchup. Darnell Mooney had five for one twenty five, and Josh, how about last week? Five for one twenty one and a score on sixteen targets. Yep, sixteen targets, pretty crazy. Yeah, one of the highest of the season. Um. So Mooney is is another target for me here. Fifty seven hundred on DraftKings, mm -hmm. sixty eight on FanDuel. You know the Bears' offense is not high powered by any stretch 
of the imagination, uh, only averaging 315 yards per game. But, again, great matchup. Um, and you get these guys with big volume. Um, you know, don't don't be shy. Don't be shying away from them just because it's the Bears. You know, the other thing here with this passing attack, Allen Robinson is questionable. He sat out the last game with a hamstring issue. Mm-hmm. Um, if he sits again, then Marquise Goodwin is also in play. He's coming off a nice game against Baltimore. Had two long catches late, including the go-ahead touchdown in the last two minutes. He's only 3,800 on DraftKings. So uh, definitely playable there. After that, I'm not really interested in the Bears side. Those third and fourth receivers are low volume. Uh, not really much upside. The tight ends didn't do too much last week, and it's a below-average matchup with Detroit. Uh, but uh, Montgomery and then Mooney possibly here for me to get things started. What are your thoughts on the Bears? Yeah, sounds sounds good to me. Uh, I guess the the Eminem boys there. We got Mooney and Montgomery. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, how about on the other side? What are your What are your thoughts on Detroit? Um, if Jared Goff plays, he actually had one of his better games against the Bears earlier this year. He had 24 out of 38, 299, and two touchdowns and no picks. Um, and I believe Khalil Mack was playing in that game. So he was getting quite a bit of pressure, and that led to some fumbles. And there were some turnovers there that kind of really turned the game around um, for the Bears. But without him in there, you know, Goff's not going to have to worry about that as much. So I do like Goff if he plays. Um, a GPP only, not going to play him in cash, but 5,100 on DraftKings, that's very cheap for a starting quarterback. Um, 6,700 on FanDuel, he's a little bit more over there. And then um, DeAndre Swift, 8,000 on FanDuel, 7,300 on DraftKings. He wasn't really able to get much going in you know the first game against them. I think that he's going to be um, pretty high owned, but without Akeem Hicks and Quill Mack, I think that they'll have more success running the football. And um, he's projected as the highest scoring running back Thursday on pro football focus with 18.2 projected fantasy points. So, um, and he's also priced below Ezekiel Elliott and Alvin Kamara. Um, so if those, if those, if Kamara plays, um, you know, I expect, I expect uh, Swift to go a little bit under owned. Uh, but if he doesn't, then either Swift or Elliott will probably be the highest on running backs. And then um, for a GPP flyer, you could look at Khalif Raymond. He's 5,100 on FanDuel, 4,600 on DraftKings. He had 19.6 fantasy points in the first game with Chicago with three catches for 46 yards and two touchdowns. Chicago's allowed the six most fantasy points to wide receivers. It's not really a matchup that I would probably go to on a bigger slate, but on a three-game slate, I have no issue with going to him because he's going to be very low-owned, and he did have a decent performance you know, last time against Chicago. Um, Chicago has been pretty good against tight ends, so I don't think I want to go to TJ, TJ Hawkinson. Um, he's burned us a couple times this year anyway when we've gone to him, so I'm going to probably avoid him. And then uh, I guess it's prediction time whenever you're ready. Yeah, so I'll just follow up on Detroit. And interesting with the running backs, things have switched here. The first matchup, Jamal Williams had more carries. He had 14 against the Bears in week four, and DeAndre Swift only had eight. But Swift has definitely been the guy lately. Williams has yeah. been, been dealing with injury. Um, and then Raymond, like you said, kind of under the radar. But, uh, you know, he's he's sort of their go-to guy. Mm, um, yeah, true. Josh Reynolds is also now on the team. Uh, 
after he left the Titans. He had three targets last week, but no catches. He's a, a GPP option uh, at minimum price on DraftKings. Um, and then before the prediction, I do want to mention this Bears defense because it is a little surprising with those guys out that in the last two weeks, they've actually had 10 sacks. Mm. So they've been finding a way to get to the quarterback. And if they do pressure Goff, if he's out there, we know Goff can be a turnover yeah. machine. Right. So the Bears defense is in play for me here as well. Okay. All right. What's your prediction in game one? Well, you know, I'm not really sure exactly how much the Bears are going to try and, you know, really want to win this game, especially with the rumors of Matt Nagy. You know, if, if they really want him gone, um, I kind of feel like what better way to guarantee that he's gone than losing a game to the winless Detroit Lions. And I feel like Detroit's kind of due for a win. They had, you know, that gut-wrenching loss to the Ravens earlier this year with that Tucker uh, record 66-yard field goal. Um, they had a tie with Pittsburgh. So it just kind of feels to me like they're getting close to getting that first win. I think on Thanksgiving day, they're going to come out fired up and I think they're going to finally get their first win of the year. Oh, interesting. Do you think the bears players are going to take it easy so that their, their head coach gets the ax? I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be that, or they're just not going to have that extra fire that they're going to need on a short week. Um, you know, it's just kind of like you said, Andy Dalton has struggled in the national spotlight. So that's another thing that concerns me. Uh, the Lions defense has actually been playing all right. So I just think that everything's kind of adding up for Detroit to get their first win tomorrow. Yeah, they have really battled and had a lot of close losses. Um, so they do have the fight. Uh, so it wouldn't be shocking, uh, but it would be noteworthy since they haven't done it yet. Right. Uh, I'll go with uh, Montgomery, 85 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown. And that makes him uh, a key uh, key player on this slate, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, definitely. I still right. like Montgomery. Yeah. Okay, excellent. All right, let's turn to game two. We've got Las Vegas and Dallas at 430. This is the highest total on the board at 50.5. Dallas favored by 7.5. By the way, game one, the total is only 41 and a half. Chicago favored by three on the road. So in game two at 4.30 Eastern, middle of the day, going to be feeling pretty good, hopefully with some, some good food already. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me about this Raiders squad. They are one of the few healthy teams right now in the NFL. They don't have any really major injury concerns, so that's that's not a concern for them. Uh, what is going to be a concern, I think, is the Dallas defense, especially for Derek Carr. They've allowed the seventh fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, held Patrick Mahomes to his lowest fantasy point score of the season last week. So I don't want to go there. They've also been really good against running backs. They've allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs. So Josh Jacobs is not in play for me. Um, you could look at Darren Waller, um, 7,300 on FanDuel, 6,400 on DraftKings. As we predicted last week, he had a nice bounce back game against, you know, the Bengals, uh, seven catches for 116 yards on eight targets. And Dallas has allowed the eighth most fantasy points to tight ends. And, you know, it's obviously a good matchup again. So um, probably going to see really high ownership. So, you know, might want to find a, a lower price, lower owned tight end in, in tournaments. But in cash, I definitely think he's playable. And then... Um, Hunter Renfro, 6,200 on FanDuel, 5,600 on DraftKings. 
Dallas is kind of middle of the pack against wide receivers. Um, he did see a little bit less of a target share last week, but I think that'll go back up this week and what should be kind of a, a back and forth game a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I do, however, in this price range, he's priced almost exactly where Dar Darnell Mooney is. I do prefer Mooney over Renfro. So that's it for me on the Vegas side. Yeah, I'm pretty similar. I think Waller is the is the primary target here. Strong matchup, back mm -hmm. in the groove. He is a guy who can step up in nationally televised games. And it was just a, a dud for the Raiders last week, only putting up 13 points against Cincinnati. Uh, and really low volume with those wide receivers. Yeah. Outside of Renfro, you know, Zay Jones had a catch on two targets. Edwards and Deshaun Jackson didn't even get targeted. Mm. So that's a that's a risky group to get involved with. Waller is certainly the safe option. This could be a two tight end week for me, Josh. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And then with Jacobs, you know, the one thing I'll mention, like you said, not a great matchup, but last week he had five catches on seven targets. Hmm. Drake only had one catch on two targets. That's that's noteworthy. If if Jacobs yeah. is going to get the bulk of the carries and get more and more involved in the passing game, you know, he's more and more playable, but right. not my not my favorite option on this slate either. All right, so I think we both like this Dallas side a little bit better mm -hmm. as the big home favorites. They do have some injury issues. Cooper is out. Lamb is questionable with the concussion. You know, there's a lot of positive talk here as we record this Wednesday morning that he'll be able to get out of the protocol mm -hmm. on the short turnaround. So hopefully for his sake, he can and, and be healthy. Then we also have left tackle Tyron Smith likely to come back and play. That's going to be a big help to the yeah. Dallas offense. And, you know, they've been chugging along here all season, 429 yards per game, get mm. it done both ways through the air on the ground. And I think the best matchup here is for the running backs, sixth most fantasy points allowed by the Raiders. We saw what Mixon did last week. He was big in our cash lineup on FanDuel yeah. that did well, 123, two rushing scores. But the, the Dallas backfield is a challenge here. Zeke's been banged up, you know, left that game for a bit. Looked like he might not be able to return. He did, mm -hmm. and he ended up with 15 touches. Uh, Pollard looked good on, on his nine touches. So I wouldn't mind going to one of those guys, but yeah. it's tough with Zeke at 8,000 on DraftKings in a, in a backfield where he doesn't get as many touches as he used to. Short week little bit hampered by injury so he's kind of the question mark here do we pay up for zeke or not what are your thoughts there my initial build i don't have zeke um i've got montgomery and swift as my top two backs so that's where i'm leaning right now um it could change before tomorrow but i think that's probably where i'll end up going and okay. then just pay up for another wide receiver somewhere all right well let's talk more about this dallas passing game then uh because i i do like Dak to bat bounce back after a, a poor outing against Kansas City, 216, no touchdowns, two picks. But who's he going to be throwing to? You know, Lamb is a, a key figure here. If he's in, I like his matchup a lot uh, in that slot. You've had success against the Raiders with guys like Waddle had a big game. Boyd had a much better game than he's been having last week. Mm -hmm. If he's out, then I think Cedric Wilson is in play as a value option. 
yeah. uh, taking over that position. And then on the outside, we'll have Gallup and Noah Brown. Uh, Noah Brown, another uh, minimum price guy to keep an eye on. If if Lamb is out, he should get some targets. He's he's certainly capable of, of paying off that price tag. And then uh, Dalton Schultz had a nice bounce back last week, six catches. Yeah. Uh, fourth most fantasy points allowed here, uh, the Raiders to tight ends. So Schultz is in play for me. Um, so I, you know, definitely want to get some exposure here to Dallas. They're my favorite offense on this slate. Uh, it's just really a matter of deciding, do we go with Zeke? And if not, you know, how much of the passing game do we get? Yeah. Noah Brown, he kept, he kept confusing me last week. I kept thinking that that was CD lamb that was catching the, or, you know, they were throwing those targets too. And it kept going to Noah Brown. And I was like, dead gummit. Cause I right. had lamb in my lineup and it was yeah. like, man, and lamb didn't do much, but. That was frustrating because I kept thinking they were throwing it to Lamb every time they throw it to Brown. But, um, yeah, I like the points that you made there. And then Dalton Schultz is definitely in play for me. All right, so my prediction here with Dallas is that Dak does bounce back. He gets at least 250 yards passing, and he accounts for at least three touchdowns, possibly one on the ground. Hmm. I like that prediction. My prediction is going to be Derek Carr. Um, he's only had one game this year where he threw more than one interception. It was against the Giants. I predict that he throws two or more uh, tomorrow. Yeah, he he uh, he certainly can do it, and the Dallas can pick it off like yeah, uh, the, like the best of them with Diggs. Yeah, Diggs could by himself get two. So. No doubt about it. All right. Well, before we get to Game Three, just want to invite folks to join us for Thanksgiving with our football lineups. DFSCoachTalk.com. Grab the five-day membership, and that'll take you through Sunday in the main slate. Make sure you check out our main slate podcast posting this weekend. Uh, once you sign up, we will invite you into our Discord, and we give out the lineups usually about 45 minutes before kickoff. So that'll be an early one mm. on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, so DFSCoachTalk.com, and we give out the full FanDuel and Yahoo lineups and then the core plays on DraftKings for your cash builds and your GPP approach. All right, game three, Josh. We've got the 820 kickoff, Buffalo and New Orleans. Interesting matchup here. Buffalo favored by six on the road, 45 and a half total. Buffalo six and four, but coming off the drubbing at the hands of the Colts, mm -hmm. 41 to 15. Uh, New Orleans five and five after a loss to Philly. Buffalo is also one of the healthy teams here in the NFL. Cole Beasley dealing with some ribs, but he did play last week and had four catches. So with a mostly healthy roster, uh, let's break it down here. You know, on paper, New Orleans is pretty solid defensively across the board. So there aren't any matchups that are jumping off the page at me, but we do have Josh Allen here who's going to be ultra-motivated after that big loss. And if you look at last week, Jalen Hurts had three rushing touchdowns against New Orleans. Mm, yep. We know that Josh Allen is one of the most mobile quarterbacks uh, and guys capable of doing that. So look to him to do something similar and, and maybe pick one up on the ground. And, and then through the air, Pro Football Focus has Stephon Diggs with a 98.6 matchup mm. advantage which surprises me a little bit because you've got Lattimore that he'll see a fair amount of on the outside yeah. but we know about that connection 
you know, and again, last week, Diggs had two two touchdowns. That was really the only positive note for Buffalo offensively. Yeah. So both those guys are in play for me, but expensive. And then uh, I want to talk about this backfield because it's been a bit of a headache all season with Moss and Singletary. Mm-hmm. And now we have Matt Breda yeah. in the picture who right. actually had the most carries last week with five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a three-way battle now for touches there. Uh, and New Orleans has given up the second fewest yep. fantasy points. So not not a great matchup for those three mm-hmm. guys. Uh, the, the rest of the pass catchers here, um, again, you know, Beasley's banged up, uh, so hard to trust him. Dawson Knox picked it up last week. Uh, he's back and healthy. He had six catches for 80. Also not a good matchup on paper, though. Sanders is a wild card for me. Every once in a while, he'll pop up and be the, you know, the key on a, on a short slate. Um, but I'm going to tread kind of lightly here with Buffalo. Um, and, and just kind of see how it fits into the final build. Mm-hmm. Um, but I probably will have a little bit of exposure to this side. Yeah. Yeah. I, li- I like Buffalo, especially Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, that connection, like you said, they've been really good. Um, Diggs has been able to find the end zone, which was the issue for him earlier this year. He wasn't, you know, scoring touchdowns. So I like those plays. Okay. How about the New Orleans side? Um you know, Trevor Simeon has been pretty surprising how well he's been playing. Um, 7,000 on FanDuel, 5,600 on DraftKings. You know, he's played some fairly soft matchups, though, the defenses he's faced. Um, besides Philly, they've been the best that they're 17th against, you know, quarterbacks and fantasy points allowed. But then you have Tennessee and Atlanta who have allowed the second and third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So, a little bit of a concern there going up against a team like Buffalo, especially after what happened last week. Their pride is, you know, probably hurt a little bit, so they're going to come out ready to prove a point, I think. Um, so, and and if if Kamara and Ingram, one of those two, are out, and especially if both are, then they could really get after Simeon. So, definitely um, do not want to play Trevor Simeon in this game. Um, if Kamara's out, you could look at Mark Ingram, but I think Buffalo is going to, like I said, they're going to be out to prove a point, especially after what Jonathan Taylor did last week against their run defense, um, really embarrassed them. So I, I think that they're going to look to shut him down. Um, a GPP option you could look at is Traquan Smith. He's been the top option for the Saints since Simeon's been at quarterback. Um, 5,900 on FanDuel, 4,400 on DraftKings. He has seen seven and eight targets in the last two games. Um, Buffalo's allowed the least fantasy points to wide receivers, so it's not a slam dunk by any means. But like I said, it's the GPP only play. And then um, you have a little bit of a quandary at tight end. We have Nick Vanette and um, Jawan Johnson and possibly Garrett Griffin trying to all replace Adam Troutman, who went on IR this week. So not really sure what they're going to do there. So I would just avoid that situation altogether. Yeah, nice call on Troutman last week, by the way. Got it done before the injury. And I like your breakdown here, how you talk about the New Orleans wide receivers being GPP only because tough matchup. And this is like a a smoke and mirrors group and team. Mm -hmm. The the fact that they're five and five with Kamara being banged up and the quarterback situation and all these wide receivers who are just, you know, they're like the definition of GPP. Yeah. So, you know, tread lightly with that group. Mm-hmm. Traquan, I agree, you know, does seem to be the, the favorite target of Simeon so far and, and very reasonably priced. 
So you could get him in there. And then how about this matchup for these running backs? Like you said, you know, Buffalo has been stout. And then Taylor, 204 yards from scrimmage and five touchdowns against them. Yeah, that was just insane. Yeah. Uh, All four of his rushing touchdowns were 10 yards and less, though. You know, and they took he took advantage of one of the there's a turnover inside mm-hmm. the ten, and then he punched it in, so that was kind of a, a bonus. But they got it done. Yeah. Um, so you know that will be a really important uh, piece to watch here. We'll see if we get that news early enough with the running backs. If for some reason both of those guys are out, then Tony Jones Jr. should mm. lead that group in touches and would become a value play. Only four thousand yeah. on DraftKings. Yeah. Yeah, if we could if we could get that situation, if he could just get in the end zone, we'd probably be, you know, pretty good, sitting pretty good there. Absolutely. All right. Well, we've got one more uh prediction to make, right? Do you want to make yours for for game number three? Yeah, my prediction kind of goes along with everything I was saying about the Bills defense. They got their feelings hurt a little bit last week. Pride's on the line. Uh prediction is that they hold the Saints below 17 points. And I definitely think they could do it. Okay. Yeah, I think they can as well. My prediction is with these Buffalo running backs because, you know, as much as a a three-headed committee is one to avoid, uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna state the the way I view this, which is that I think Brita is the best runner of the group. Mm. I've always liked his talent. Yeah, and I think he'll get more touches as we go forward. I think he's going to lead this group in yards from scrimmage in this game. Now that might not translate directly into a fantasy play. But if you're playing the the showdown slate for game three, yeah. he's the guy I would pick out of that backfield. And we probably will have uh, showdown lineups for the members. We always do that. So it'll be a busy Thanksgiving. Uh, jump in with us for the lineups again, dfscoachtalk.com. Um, if you don't mind, hit that thumbs up. Appreciate your support here on YouTube with these podcasts. We're going to keep bringing them to you in front of the paywall. Seven days a week with NBA, of course. Another winning night last night. Coach has the podcast today for the big Wednesday slate, so check that out. Uh, he went solo on that, right? Crash, you didn't you didn't do that today? Yeah, yeah, he went solo. Coach on was solo. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Well, busy day here at Coach Talk. Thank you for all your support and tuning in. Again, have an awesome Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy the football. And then uh, jump back with us this weekend for our main slate preview. Yeah. All right. On behalf of Josh Crash Davis and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.